Hey everybody, Craig Adams here. Welcome to my podcast. Today I interview Bandrew Scott, who's the creative mind behind Podcastage, a YouTube channel that reviews all kinds of podcasting tools and microphones. He has his own successful podcast on the Geeks Rising website, and we talk about just that, podcasting, the future, and uh, you know some general tips for people thinking about starting and growing their own podcast. So enjoy. Uh, for this episode, you know, I really do want to give some advice and I feel like you're the perfect guy to give some podcast advice to my subscribers, people looking to start their own podcast because it was never uncool. Podcasts have always been cool, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. They, they never stop being cool. Everybody who listens to podcasts is amazing. We don't have social awkwardness. We're not uncomfortable. We are awesome. Yes. And I just, I don't know. Part of me thinks that just because of phone, like smartphones having LTE and just, I don't know, I feel like audio can be listened to anywhere because before I would always have to kind of download them and put them on my phone if I wanted to listen for like car rides or runs or stuff. But now I've got unlimited LTE. I kind of just stream podcasts wherever. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. That's That's strange to me. Because the majority of people that I interact with download the podcasts. They have a podcatcher that just automatically downloads them all. Mm. So what podcatcher are you using? Are you using Stitcher or are you just streaming from YouTube or something like that? Uh, so I do watch my video podcasts on YouTube. But when I'm listening to audio only, it's usually when I'm running or driving. And it's awkwardly enough on the Apple uh, iTunes janky ass terrible ux design <laughs> app right it's terrible hey as long as it works i i haven't used it in probably three years at this point but if it's downloading the podcasts if it's working i can't complain yeah yes 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 so let's let's give a little bit of a primer into your background um so like what what do you think actually led you down the path of doing podcasts? Was audio something you you kind of learned early on or what did that look like in the beginning? Yeah, so in high school I played in bands and stuff, so I sort of developed the desire to get into audio. I was just out of necessity. In high school you don't have any money. You can't pay for a recording studio. So you just got to do it yourself. So that's where I started to get into audio and then uh, fast forward maybe 10 years or so and I stopped drinking and I didn't have any friends who didn't <laughs> drink so I needed an outlet and I loved podcasts at the time I stumbled across them somehow I don't know how and I said hey I can do that because that's what everybody thinks and that's why people start podcasts they say I can do that too mm -hmm. and I just started screaming into a microphone as an outlet because I didn't have any friends to talk to at the time. So it was <laughs> podcasting was kind of like a, a friend to me. And and through that process, I had to find some microphones to buy and, and use for the podcast. And I couldn't find information that I liked. That's why I ended up getting back into YouTube after another decade. No, not decade. It couldn't have been a decade. <laughs> yeah. Like six year lapse. Yeah. I was on in like 2005 to 2009. And then I came back in 2015, I think. Yeah. So you have a couple different channels, and like you said, there's a big difference between podcast podcastage and Geeks Rising. Um, was that like what? What was first? You said the podcast was first, and then you eventually started making review videos about gear on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So the way that worked is 
I launched my very first podcast in 2014, and at the time I was drinking, and it was just a train wreck, and it was called Geeks Rising, actually. Mm -hmm. And I liked the name so much that when I wanted to get some kind of umbrella, not company, I'm not, I'm not established or anything, but an overarching entity, I guess you could call it, I went with Geeks Rising, and that that's where that name came from, and that's why multiple podcasts go out under Geeks Rising. And then my second podcast was Podcastage, and <laughs> that fell through after maybe eight months, ten months, because I realized that naming a podcast Podcastage is a terrible idea, <laughs> because <laughs> in podcatchers, it is not searchable at all, Ooh. because almost every podcast ends with the word podcast. So... I'm going up against Mark Marin's podcast and the Nerdist podcast because they all have that term in it. So I, I yeah. killed that podcast because discoverability was absolutely zero. Yeah, the SEO gods determined your fate long before you <laughs> even tried that. So I'm sorry about that. Exactly. That sucks. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm happy about it because then I started the the gear review channel and I liked the name so much. Uh, that I went ahead and used it for that channel. And it seems to be working out pretty well. It's a pretty noticeable name on YouTube when people search that in. Yeah. So you've seen some growth. You've seen some wonderful success with pretty much everything you're doing. It makes a lot of sense, you know, reviewing the gear that you need to make the thing you're doing. <laughs> kind of like a collab with yeah. yourself, right? What what was exactly. the what, what were the first couple of episodes like? Were they quiet and lonely and disparaging or what like what was the first kind of hit of success you had? Uh so first with the podcast, that that's a a tricky question. Uh it's it still feels pretty lonely because podcasting is not as interactive as YouTube. It's it's much more difficult to interact with a podcaster, so you don't get the level of interaction you get on YouTube. So to this date, it's still somewhat of a lonely hobby for somebody to have, unless you're one of the top 10 podcasts, unless you're WTF, or unless you're serial. Then it's not going to be lonely at all, but it's always going to be somewhat of a lonely endeavor if you're doing a solo podcast. Now, the first hint of success or growth that I really got was on the Podcastage Review channel because I started doing mic reviews the way that I wanted to see them. And I was doing it for maybe six months and seeing no growth whatsoever. And then I started reviewing these really cheap mass-produced Chinese microphones that are sold under about a dozen different brand names. And there wasn't anybody else doing the reviews there. There wasn't anybody else who had videos about them. So it was really a, a being first to market with that type of video as well as that uh, a video about that topic. Yeah. Your your most viewed video is about mics under $30. Do you think that's kind of a coincidence? I see that on a lot of tech channels. It's the budget reviews that <laughs> kind of get the most attention, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the majority of people who want to start YouTube channels seem to be younger and like I said earlier, when I was getting into audio, I was in high school, I didn't have any money. So I was forced to go with the cheapest gear I could find, which at the time was at Radio Shack and it sounded like garbage. But I, I think that's really where it is because you see somebody like PewDiePie or you see somebody like H3H3 and those are really popular with younger audiences and they think, hey, I can do that and make a living. 
I, I had a conversation with my nephew, actually, and he's, I'm not going to give away how old he is, but he was saying, I want to be a YouTuber. And I said, well, be, be ready for lots of work <laughs> yep. and be ready to not make a lot of money because he, he gave an example of a PewDiePie, or I, I can't remember who it was, making millions of dollars. And I was like, don't expect that to happen. There's millions of channels that make zero dollars. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So it's the younger audience getting into it that doesn't have money. So it does make sense. Mm-hmm. Long-winded way of saying that. It's a slow grind and you, like most things, learn the hard way a lot of times and it takes takes years. And yeah, I think a lot of people look to these really prominent stars and think they can do that in like a year or two. But some of these people have been on YouTube for almost half a decade, even even up to a decade. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it, it's the, the strange idea. I want to be a YouTuber. I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. So I do want to go back to this idea of loneliness and just my own perplexion. <laughs> no. Yeah. The existential. This is a, a podcast about loneliness. No. Um, podcast <laughs> seems so strange to me. Do you think there's been like no, just seems like there's a lack of technological updates to it. It seems like just yesterday that iTunes finally made that pos- podcast connect site. Right. Yeah. Where you could see your yeah, stats. Yeah. That came but- out. December, I think. Have you messed around with Anchor at all? No, I haven't. I I listen to a bunch of podcasts about podcasting, and if I understand (laughs) Anchor correctly, it's they host and they own your RSS feed, so if you launch your podcast there and you run out of data or whatever the limitations are there and you want to move to a different platform, it would be an incredibly difficult endeavor to switch over. So that's why I've steered clear of Anchor. That's I, I could test it out, but I just I don't have much interest in even pushing that because it does lock you in there. If I do understand it correctly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they're trying to solve a problem of trying to make short form more available podcasts, though, because technically all you need is a phone and you could just talk to it like a phone call. It's going to be lesser quality, but if you have good stories, you know, the text shouldn't be a barrier. So I guess they're filling they're filling a space for the, the lesser quality, the shorter, the more Twitter-like podcast. Um, but as far as the tech, that's the background. But I guess you are right with them owning both the RSS feed uh, and hosting, right? Yeah, and and I do think that's interesting because podcasts are locked into this idea of long-form content. There are very few podcasts that are just short and to the point. One issue I could see with that is if it is so, I guess, non... Uh, God, what, what the hell is the word I'm looking for? If it's so informal, mm-hmm. people may not think, I need to do this every Tuesday or every Friday, and you won't have consistency. And when you don't have consistency, it's hard to gain a following. And if you do gain a following, it's hard to keep them. Mm -hmm. So I think that may be an issue with that type of platform. Now, I'm sure there will be some people who do use it and are consistent and release great content. And more power to them, I'm sure they'll do wonderful. Because like you said, it really comes down to the content. If you're telling a good story, you're going to do well, regardless of how good the audio quality is. Absolutely. And hopefully Anchor 
also fills the need for more connectivity to make podcasters feel less lonely. Because it seems like every other app and social media platform these days, uh, the content is only as good as the communication and the the community around it. You know, being able to engage with the people consuming your content is so key. And there seems to be such a lack of that with podcasts, like you said. Um, maybe Anchor kind of solves that problem a little bit, but I still feel like podcasts in general are so lacking with feedback and, and engagement, right? Yeah, it's you're locked into email. And I don't think the majority of the younger generation probably logs into their email for anything other than school. They're not going to send an email back and forth to their friend. So it's going to be very difficult as a podcaster to say, hey, get in touch with me. Go open that email address that you don't care about. I actually saw a tweet from you saying, I, I wonder if I can get 100% away from email. Yeah, I made some steps towards that today uh, with just making a brand new email that's kind of secret. And I'm going to start getting rid of all my old emails out in the wild so that no one can really find it. And, uh, you know, if no one can see my email, no one can contact me it, <laughs> with it, you know, right? Uh, yeah. So that'll be a strange experiment that I'm sure I'll make a video about. It's going to be called like zero email or something stupid like that. <laughs> <laughs> Another part of your minimalism series. Yeah. By the way, I love those. Those are so much fun. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I've taken it pretty extreme, but there seems to always be something else I can get rid of. It's funny how our perspective changes with things. Uh, so yeah. the, the last thing I wanted to talk about on that thread uh, is just the idea that what made me excited about podcasts again, maybe this is the explanation for me saying that podcasts are cool, uh, is because uh, Twitch and streaming live and doing these live shows. I've always listened to podcasts for like, over, you know, since college. Uh, but now I've recently gotten back into them because of H3H3, uh, because of these other like Julian and Jetta podcasts, these these stream to live Twitch. And uh, like, I don't know, I think it's that's a cool aspect. And there seems to be some extra engagement with being able to chat live as you watch it. And, you know, the person doing the podcast might even call out your name or answer your questions or do stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's dead on. I think h3h3 and other youtubers getting into podcasting and put putting it on twitch or on their youtube channel is getting a whole new group of people interested in podcasting which is great and it also seems like you or google is looking more into getting into the podcasting game because they're completely out at this point they have no apps they have a podcast section buried in their google play music i think it is mm -hmm. It's just a nightmare to use, but I, I think you hit it right on the head with H3H3 and Julian and other more prominent creators and younger creators getting into podcasting. I think it's getting a lot more people excited about it and they're starting to see the value in long form content because you're developing more of a relationship with uh, your listener. When you're making videos, it's very short bursts and a lot of time uh, people will be doing other stuff. When, when you're listening to a podcast, you have earbuds in. Mm -hmm. It's like you, as the podcaster, are talking directly into that person's ear, as creepy as that sounds. Mm -hmm. But it's a very intimate thing. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. It's very different than what we're used to with, with video and photo. And 
I feel like podcasts couldn't be any different than like an Instagram feed, like following someone on Instagram. <laughs> it just feels exciting again. And I'm exciting. I'm excited to start doing live stream and stuff like that. So, okay. Um, to switch gears a little bit, uh, I do want to hear more about like your story and the rise to where you are right now. Like, are you doing, what are you doing full time? Like, what is your whole picture? Like, what does a typical day look like? What, what's, where's your focus on? Okay. That, that's a, that's a good question. So <laughs> I still do a full-time job. I still work a full-time job. I am just too risk averse to go full-time content creator because I can't live without health insurance. That scares the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could handle that stress. So I still work a full-time job. So I'll get up at maybe five or six in the morning. I'll check YouTube, reply to some, some comments, reply to some emails, go to work, then at around six or seven, I'll I'll get home and I'll jump back on YouTube and start researching microphones and start looking at the news of the week to start preparing for that week's podcast or one of the couple videos that I'm going to put on the podcast channel. I love it. And uh, what did you find in 2017 uh, with your channels and YouTube specifically, I guess? Uh, I, I found that how can, how can I put this? <laughs> in 2017, I was lucky enough to get selected as one of the creators on the rise. And I found that that wasn't all it's cracked up to be. Mm. It, it gave me a big jump in subscribers, but a lot of those were bots. So yeah. it took about a month and a half to get back to a regular subscriber growth where I didn't lose, where I didn't gain a thousand subs and then lose 900 within the same day. It was really disheartening seeing that. So in 2017, I did see a good amount of growth. I think it was 150% or something on the podcastage channel. But I realized that that subscriber number is not as important as you think it is. Mm -hmm. When you're starting out, you just watch it and you get so excited. Oh, I hit a new milestone. But once you get to a certain level, it's easy to get disappointed. So I just said, well, screw it. I don't even care about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've heard some horror stories of people on Twitter uh, being suggested uh, or just I think it's yeah the suggestion like the popular thing. They get a ton of bots. They get a ton of attention and then they kind of can't get rid of them, you know. Yeah. And with the way that the algorithm works, if I, I I'm not a YouTube master, but I believe that a video getting distributed and nobody watching it is going to hurt its further distribution so if your channel is full of bots, that's going to be terrible. Same with Twitter and everything else. It's mm. it's all driven by algorithms. So I again, I think I saw a tweet from you saying, I wish there was a button to get rid of all these fake or non-active users yeah. to get a higher uh, interact in, interaction to follower rate. Yeah. And it seems to be a common thing with all social media platforms to have this strange balance between them wanting as many users as possible but not willing to like get rid of bad users or non-active users uh exactly what you said like i do wish that existed i wish there was a way that i could automatically get rid of people on any social media uh with certain conditions you know if they haven't liked one of my photos on instagram within a month I would like that to have them unfollow me. Or if someone has never made a comment on one of my YouTube videos, I wish I could boot them. <laughs> you know, I think it'd be better. 
I, I had a similar thought at one point regarding my Discord server, but he, here's my take on that, because I think that if somebody goes to the trouble of following you, if you just kick them off, they may forget you, and they may not really want to go through the trouble of finding you again, and you may have hurt that person's feelings, as silly as that sounds. <laughs> yeah. You may have hurt their feelings, and they may say, screw Craig, he kicked me off his Twitter. I'm not going to watch any of his stuff, even though I loved it. I never liked his stuff, but I always enjoyed seeing it. I always went and watched his videos, but he kicked me off, so screw Craig. <laughs> so that that's because Discord has a feature like that. And that's what kept me from implementing it. I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings in case they did want to come in and interact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just depends on what we want ourselves. You know, knowing that in the first place is good. I would be very strict with it. Uh, if someone got upset that I got rid of them, if they weren't living up to my standards, uh, which I would probably make very clear and transparent at the beginning, uh, mm -hmm. I don't want them, <laughs> you know, I, I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, ho That's hopefully fair. in the future, there will be some kind of social media platform that has this kind of transparency and feature in it. It's very possible. You know, we don't know what 2019, 20, 21 has in store. We've got vine coming back. Who knows what could happen? Jeez. Did you hear I, that? I did vine not. too. I did not hear that. That's insane. It's what are they thinking? <laughs> if it's a troll, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna do a flip. But come on, I just want Vine. Are back. they trying to get Logan and Jake Paul back? Because it's not gonna happen. Uh, those are the people that kind of destroyed Vine in the first place. I've heard stories that the top creators got together and formed kind of like a creative union and uh, said that if they weren't going to get paid more, they were going to get off the platform. And Vine called their bluff, and they left, and Vine couldn't operate anymore. So I don't know. They have to they have to be careful with the, the most powerful people getting 90% of the attention on an app. So hopefully that it doesn't happen again. And don't even get me started on Paul's and Logan's. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I went on a 20-minute rant last week. I, I didn't realize I did it, but I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so let's let's uh switch gears again i love switching gears damn come on i'm a biker you're uh, like a, a race car driver yeah so let's talk about this yeti mic <laughs> how oh, many God. how many questions uh, do you get about yeti microphones <laughs> uh, you know i i think people are starting to to learn a little bit now i will i will preface this i don't think the yeti is a terrible microphone oh, i just think good. people use it for the wrong thing mm. Okay. I, th I think for music, it's great. But if you're in an untreated studio or an untreated room, it's going to pick up everything. All the room reflections, all your keyboard noise, it's going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people get upset about that. So I think people are starting to learn because I don't get half as many questions about the Yeti or the Blue Snowball as I did about a year and a half ago. I think... I, I think what's interesting is the budget microphone game is getting so dang competitive. Mm -hmm. You can buy a 40 or $50 USB microphone that sounds incredible. So you don't have to spend 130 on a Blue Yeti. True. It, it's, it's shocking. True. Do you get a lot of questions about the mic that H3H3 uses? It's a sure, I don't know. SM7B. It, it's an expensive mic, right? It's the mic I'm using right now. Oh, big baller. So, yeah, it's so, a Shure SM7B, and I, I was watching your recent vlog, and Sarah Dietschy 
mm-hmm. picked up two of these. So Sarah, if you're listening, great decision. Yeah. Great decision. I'm still on some road USB, uh, but I've got three of them. I'm happy with them. Uh, this, Let's talk about that for a second. Can we, can US, we take USB a, connection? Yeah. A, a little detour there. Sure. So a question that I get a lot is connecting multiple USB mics that are the same. And a lot of people have issues with that. So are you using audio hijack or loopback from Rogue Amoeba on your Mac to record three of the same microphone to your computer? Yeah, audio hijack is awesome. I've been using it for over a year and uh, I've been very happy with it. And yeah, I actually haven't done a three, three mic test, but I'm sure it'll work the same way. I've just got, you know, the three connections to a recorder and then checking levels with the peak. That's good to hear because I, I don't have three of the same USB microphones, so I can't test that. But I hear people saying, it, it doesn't work for me. So I'll go ahead and recommend that. But yeah. most people aren't Mac users. so <laughs> Yep, yep. I, I decided to keep Mac. You know, I had an opportunity to go PC. And we'll see how much I'll be kicking myself once I start streaming and trying to do all of this. But uh, definitely yeah. have a, a full video explaining my whole setup in the future. So you are doing reviews about tech items on YouTube. You must be doing Amazon affiliate, correct? Yes, I am. Right. Yes. <laughs> so when did that start? What was it kind of an eye-opening moment when you realized that you could have been money m- making money with this stuff all along or did you kind of do it from the beginning? I I did it from the beginning. I actually signed up for Amazon affiliates when I started my very first podcast. Mm-hmm. And I got kicked off, I think, two or three times because I wasn't getting any sales, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then I signed up when I launched the podcastage channel and I I made zero dollars for pretty much the first six months or so. But it started to pick up and now the channel has become pretty self-sustainable where I can buy all the microphones that I review with that income. Mm -hmm. Although I don't know if you can even say that. They have such a stringent terms of service. Like you can't say what you use the money for or they can kick you off or something. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if I could say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, It seems like you should be doing pretty well because the idea of just creating videos upon videos for especially, you know, video or audio equipment, it just, it just starts to pile up the royalties. And I know that's what I saw with wedding film school. It's slowly built, but it kept building. Um, and yeah, yeah. Do you think, do you, do you still see growth or is there some kind of plateau? Uh, there was a, I hit a peak during Christmas, I think a year and a half ago. And then it's, and then it's dropped down a little bit. But as I saw that income grow, I also just increased the quality of microphones that I was buying. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I've pocketed pretty much zero dollars at this point. <laughs> but, your but, your but despair mean, is exponential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, it's fun for me because I get to test out microphones that I'm even more excited about. Yeah. And it's gotten to the point where it's not putting me in the poorhouse anymore. Yeah. Where the first about a year was, I was just racking up debt, just buying all these microphones and hating myself every time I did it. So give my subscribers the hard advice, you know, the, the, the real talk. Is there any money the first one or two years of starting a podcast? Uh, what does it look like realistically? So podcast and money. That is a, uh, <laughs> I, I will say for 95% of podcasts, don't go in expecting to earn any money. 
don't because 95% of podcasts won't earn money. You have to be hitting about 20,000 downloads per episode to get any advertisers interested. And you're going to be getting, you may be getting a better CPM, but you're going to have to hit that 20,000 download and you're going to have to expect to get, or you're going to have to shoot to get a really good uh, conversion rate. Otherwise, your advertisers will be upset. Now, I haven't personally done advertising. I I don't view my podcast as a money-making endeavor. It's just something fun for me to do. Uh, but I have listened to a lot of podcasts where people talk about that, and they say, oh, my advertiser was really upset because I gave them a 20,000 download number, and it wasn't accurate. It wasn't using IAB standards. Uh, and that is the standard where... Uh, companies who record the stats have to remove duplicates or uh, downloads from the same IP. They have a bunch of standards. I haven't read them, but uh, if, you, if you're interested in lo- learning what, uh, what limitations there are or what restrictions there are, look up the IAB standards. And I think Libsyn, Podbean, Blueberry, a- any of the main hosts are going to abide by the IAB standards, so you can trust those stats. Uh, but I hear people talk about, oh, my ad- advertiser was pissed off. They didn't get the number of subscriptions that they wanted. So yeah, I'd be careful with it. And this was a topic that I was speaking with Sarah the other day. Uh, you know, value isn't always monetary. So a lot of YouTubers yeah. are successful YouTubers when they launch their podcast in addition to the content they're creating. Um, so like you said, it's very, very difficult, one, to make people care and two, mm-hmm. to make any money just with a podcast from the ground up. Um, I think yes. it's I think it's really only smart to do a podcast if you have an audience already, right? I think that's fair. I, I think if your goal is to make money off the podcast, yeah. then yes. Yeah. But if you're just going in to have fun, if it's just a hobby, then who cares if you have an audience? Who cares oh, yeah. if you get any downloads? <laughs> Who am I to stop anyone from having fun? If you want to do a podcast and talk about <laughs> Skyrim for three hours every night, be my guest. I would. I would with love a blue to. yeti <laughs> yeah. and five people sitting around it <laughs> on on anchor. So in five minute increments, it's uh, <laughs> the Skyrim podcast with Craig Adams. Oh boy, jeez, so, I'm on board. So how did how has your filmmaking craft improved over 2017? Because uh, you've been making a lot of videos. Are you are you pretty you're pretty hard with the the once a week, right? Uh, I do two to three per week. Oh, so snap. on the <laughs> yeah. So on the the podcasted channel, uh, I'm doing two reviews, and then sometimes I'll do a comparison video of two different microphones. Or I'll do an FAQ video where I'll shoot out a message on the new YouTube community feature, which is awesome, and say, hey, what are your guys' questions? Go ahead and vote up what you want to hear answered. And I'll pick one or two of them and make it more of an educational video so it's not just me regurgitating the same crap every single day, Hmm. something to break up the monotony. Um, What was the question? Shit, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Filmmaking. (laughs) Have you have do you feel like you've Im- improved or learned some stuff as far as just making uh, videos? Okay, yeah. So I I started to roll out lower thirds. That's not much, Ooh. but when <laughs> <laughs> when when I try to make the videos as short and to the point as possible, um, I throw some additional information down there so I can cut out ten seconds, 
because I realize how short people's attention spans are on YouTube in particular. So I try to make the videos as short and to the point as possible. So that helps me shave off 10 seconds, which is a big deal in my eyes. So I've gotten better at being more succinct and to the point. Uh, I, I'm really bad at filming, man. I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not good at framing. I, I don't live an interesting life. I tried that for a while when I first jumped back onto YouTube in 2015. Yeah. And I realized that my life is so boring <laughs> that nobody would be interested in it. Hey, guys, I'm driving to work. Hey, driving home from work. Hey, looking at a computer, <laughs> researching microphones, going to bed. That would be it. And people would just be miserable and they'd get depressed watching it because they'd be like, do people really live like this? This is so sad. And they'd feel depressed. So I opted to keep that out of people's faces. See, that's the dark side of documenting versus creating because the new thing <laughs> that Gary Vee has, has you know made popular is this idea of just documenting. If you don't know what to create, if you don't want to make sketches or narratives or whatever, just document what you're doing. Vlog it. Make it document. But if your life is boring, <laughs> you can't document. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so, yeah it's <laughs> so best of luck I, in that. I think I want to see I want to see I want to see you branch off I do want to see I do want to see more more uh vlogs and uh more day in the life of Bandrew so I did actually funny. try to I tried to film one of those where it was just me sitting on a couch drinking coffee and watching the x-files <laughs> as a joke but I was going to, I made a video last year called Why I Don't Game. And it was me playing a Call of Duty game. I don't even know what it was. And it was just a, a super cut of all the awful, awful mistakes that I make on the game. And it was titled Why I Don't Game. So I was going to do Why I Don't Vlog. And it was going to be an actual vlog of my life where I'm just driving to work, drinking coffee and watching the X-Files and researching mics. <laughs> but I realized that that was, as a joke, it was even too boring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, maybe maybe don't do that anymore. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't live in New York, Craig. I don't live yeah. a fascinating life like you. <laughs> so I guess I would love to end with just kind of pitching my idea, my plans for 2018 podcastage with uh, Craig Adams. I'm, I'm taking over the name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to boot you off. I'm going <laughs> to steal the rights and corner the market on podcastage seo um let's so, do it so i I'm, I'm on episode 19 i've been pumping them out like crazy over these last two or three months and i've learned a lot so i've tried to do as many different styles as possible i've been listening to a lot of podcasts just to learn one how to interview how to talk what works what i like and I've realized that there are a lot of different types of podcasts. It's very similar to YouTube videos because I used to think it was just who was this person? What are they doing now? And what do they hope to do in the future? Interview style, you know, a continuous hour long conversation. I thought that was a podcast. But I've learned that, you know, you can edit them very well. I've listened yeah. to some tech podcasts that are cut down to 20 minutes no matter what. And they take out the ums and the pauses, and it sounds like they're at two or three times speed, but it's just fantastic editing. <laughs> and then I've, I've heard some other podcasts that are like sponsored three-part series about a topic, but they'll interview 
you know, four or five different people. And then they will actually pause during an interview to break it down in simple terms. Whenever you think, wow, this is way too complicated. Like, what are they talking about? The podcast actually stops and says and explains exactly what I'm thinking. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of pre-production. That's a lot of editing, a lot of thought that went into this. Like so many different types, right? Yeah, so so that kind of sounded like the big short because didn't they do that? Yes, like they absolutely. they talk about a really confusing topic and then Margot Robbie would be in a tub mm-hmm. explaining it so a bunch of dopes could understand it. Yes, that's brilliant. It's such a brilliant idea, and I I never realized that that had been uh, transformed to a podcast. That that format mm-hmm. had been transitioned to podcast. That's a great idea. Wow. So that makes me excited about experimenting because I do want to do something different. You know, I am inspired by Julian and H3 and the people that we talked about. And I will do the live aspect of streaming on Twitch and then uploading to YouTube. Not sure if it's going to be on my channel or a second channel. We can talk about that. But I do want to experiment with something different. And I think that may be in the realm of Q&A. I don't want to do an Ask Gary V. I don't want to do a ripoff of all that. I, I kind of want to make it very involved, very engaging, whether it's a phone call live or something like that. We'll see. You know, it's exciting. Now, one piece of advice I would give you if you go that route, don't just go in and have it be just a straight Q&A. Have something prepared and maybe break it up into three or four parts so you could talk about something and then take two or three calls, then talk about something that you have prepared, two or three calls and so on and so forth. So there's some there's some format and it's not just a, like a grind. It doesn't seem like, oh, is th- this question sucked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ki- kind of break it up with something that keeps people engaged in case the questions aren't that great. Mm-hmm. Yep. And something that's always excited me was the idea of one-on-one coaching and consulting mm-hmm. because I've actually made some money doing that on the side and it's definitely a part of my future to not only do one-on-one consulting, but workshops. So I kind of want to dabble in that. So there's going to be a weird mix of that, and I'm excited. Um, but I think you're you're totally right. I, I think people are over the, 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 the 15 to 20 questions, random awkward Q&As in a row. So don't worry. Yeah, this, this isn't a MySpace bulletin post. Keep the, the 20 <laughs> questions to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I am excited. Uh, do you have any, you know, just upcoming projects that you kind of want to hint or get people excited about if they heard on this podcast right now? You know, these are the people that have made it to the end of the podcast. If they're listening, still listening to us, <laughs> they deserve a little something extra, right? What can you give them? They they do. Um, I am looking at picking up some Neumann mics to review. I'm looking at picking up I, I don't know if that means anything to a lot of these people. <laughs> um, they're very high-end microphones. We're looking at over $1,000. Wow. So I'm looking at picking up some nicer microphones to test out in case you're looking for that next-level audio quality. I love that. Are you going to do like a BuzzFeed video where they do like the, the $1,000 stake and the $10 stake? Yes, yes, I am. Because those always do well. And I, I think that's going to be interesting because one of the questions, I, I know I'm going on a diatribe and you were trying to end it, but I always get the question, why would you spend $1,000 on a microphone mm-hmm. when you could buy one for 10 bucks? And I yeah. think that's an interesting question to answer. So people are I think interested. there's more value in it. And there's always like the, can you tell the difference between iPhone and Red Epic videos on YouTube? People love that stuff. So I think, I think that's a great idea. I look forward to it. 
thank you so much for this this was a blast um thanks for having me on i'm a big fan of the podcast i was so happy when you decided to launch it because yeah, yeah. i've been following you for two years now or so so thanks. i'm i'm really excited that you're doing this you're doing a great job you're a great interviewer and and it's fun to see experiment with new formats. You're you're always pushing the envelope. So thank you so much. I look forward to seeing everything you do, man. That's very nice to hear. And I know that you know there's a lot of great advice for my subscribers. But honestly, this episode was just for me. <laughs> like I wanted some advice. <laughs> I wanted to talk the trends, and I got exactly what I wanted. So thanks, man. Okay, so that'll do it for today's episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. That's crazy. You're awesome. And like I talked about in the episode, podcasts are a little strange because there's a lack of feedback, but I want the feedback. I would love to hear your opinions, what you liked and what you got out of the episode uh, on Twitter, maybe even Reddit in the future or Discord. You know, we can start a topic about that. You know, I would just love to know your feedback. Did you listen all the way through? What did you get out of it? Let me know on Twitter. Thank you. Bye.